0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Baka 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 podcast.
1: Baka, baka, baka,
2: baka.
3: It's amazing how every time you open your mouth, you prove you're an idiot.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Baka Baka Baka. We are an anime podcast. If you've never listened before, what we do is we watch an anime every two weeks. We come together on this podcast and we talk about it. We then open up our discussion to our comment section to carry through the rest of the the conversation with actual insightful comments. Whereas we just kind of lay out dumb stuff for the next hour and a half. And then you just kind of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they didn't pick this up. (laughs) Or, Or just join in a discussion. That's what the whole point of this is. We watched a retro anime because we whenever we start our new year, we go back to to some animes that we either wish we had watched or had watched in the past and want to share with our audience. This week we watched Princess Tutu. Tutu. It is definitely not in our wheelhouse. No. That's one way to put it. But we watched it anyway, and we have a lot of varying thoughts on it. So to begin discussion about it, let me introduce my co-host. First off,
2: we have the Kevin Bacon to my footloose. Jeremy, how you doing? Hey, doing pretty good. I wish I could remember a line. I would totally have said it. I actually know that reference, but I can't remember I, I'm just the line happy at all. you
0: got the reference.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, does he turn um, yeah. invisible? Yeah, basically. Um, become ghost. No, that's a different actor.
1: No, it's
2: a different movie. I'm uh, Hollow Man. Huh?
0: I got Hollow Man, but you don't need to bring up Hollow Man. You don't need to bring up other Kevin Bacon Bacon movies. It's Kevin Bacon.
2: Isn't that the new? Is that the new one? No, that's not the new one. Okay. okay. Yeah, there's a new Invisible Man movie. Yeah. Jamie, what you doing? You've distracted me. Um I I have been uh, uh working on school stuff. The first week has started. It's pretty crazy. I've got like a 13-hour day on Tuesdays and uh we have to be at school for 13 hours. So, Oof. it's kind of crazy, but yeah, it's actually really fun though because one of the classes is a um it's kind of a ludology video game design, not even video game. Actually, like Hardware medium video game or game design. Like we're talking board games, card games, tile games, things like that. And I have to work in a team and it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. I have to work with three other people from my class. And I'm so not used to that. And I'm trying so hard not to be like the guy that's like, I'm, I got it all. I got, it. I'm done. I'm going a hundred miles an hour and I just hope you guys trail along. Um, but it's, it's really interesting. It's, it's, uh, it's been like, Five days since we got the assignment and i think we've ironed out uh the next two weeks of assignments on it because i'm like no keep going <laughs> i want to get it done so i hope they don't all hate me we'll see
0: <laughs> all right uh, my other host is the chaining tatum to my magic mic jason how you doing
1: Woo! <laughs> was, oh, was well, the for the listeners,
3: J- uh, I pulled out my sick guns and uh, <laughs> sh-
0: anyways,
2: um, is he I'm the guy from J- Jupiter Rising? J- Jeremy, yes?
0: Jeremy, just be quiet for a little bit, okay?
2: Take a break. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Um,
1: I'm getting over you.
3: cold, so there's that. <laughs> uh, but I did pick up a new game that's in early access right now called GTFO. It was almost tailor made for me. Um, this game is some of the scariest four-player co-op I've ever seen. Um, quick rundown is you go down into like this facility, and they're not quite zombies, but they're like the like Last of Us kind of zombies, you know, like in- infected. And, uh, you have to work as a team to like find items and, uh, get the objective done and get out because it's a very much a horde game. But the problem is that very limited ammo, very limited resources. So you <laughs> have to plan out every encounter. And, uh, some of the doors are like security doors. So they'll have alarms. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's been absolute blast. Die a lot.
0: i uh, bet. Uh, um, and my name is Troy.
2: I Wait, talk- Tating is. He was a rollerblading werewolf? <laughs> roller in Jupiter Ascending.
0: Yes, he was. But still not relevant. Your factoid didn't make it relevant, man.
2: But I knew something. Okay. I knew something relevant to pop culture. He's so proud of himself.
0: I don't know yes. if Jupiter Ascending is pop culture. Okay, failed pop culture then. There we go. Um, Fair enough. Okay. My name is Troy. Uh, I'm the guy who talks the most but says the least. Uh, <laughs> and uh, last time we did an episode, I mentioned I was watching Ducktales. I finished the the two seasons. Man, that's a good that's a good cartoon. If if you like kid cartoons that are written smartly for adults, that's a good cartoon. Um, otherwise, I've just been really really busy. Uh, I did I, didn't go, I didn't go back and start playing Witcher
2: three. So, when you say it's written for adults, like, just how, like, Adventure Time kind of comes across to me as written for adults. How much is it like that?
0: Yes, very much so. Where the jokes are, you don't have to be a kid to think the jokes are funny. Like, you don't, it's not just fart jokes and stuff. It's not gross cartoon humor. It's clever. And honestly, the throwbacks to Old DuckTales are great, but then they updated everything to make it work in a modern world. Because if you go back and watch Old DuckTales, it's like, ah. I can see why this was a kid show, you know. Like I said, they gave the three nephews their own personalities, and each one's into, indi- you know, an individual. They have different voice actors now. And then, like one time, they go back in time and they meet young Donald, but they brought back the original voice actor for Huey, Dewey, and Louie to play young Donald, uh. who was who was an emo kid with a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's
2: my awesome. god! Uh,
0: the a line or
2: two. That would be
0: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think the. The update to D- Donald Duck is really great because he's basically, if you get him mad, he's the most powerful fighter ever. <laughs> he can beat yes. up Gizmo Duck just because his anger is so out of control. Oh, jeez. And and what they've done with Glomgold, uh, the you know one of the main villains of the original Ducktales, and they just kind of made him a silly spoof of himself. And he's so good. He's just like a fake Scrooge in every way. Even his beard's not real. Beard comes off like every episode. He pulls another one out of his pocket, puts it back on. (laughs) All right. You said they introduced Darkwing Duck as well, right? They did. In like a super creative way. Ask me about it after the show and I'll spoil it for (laughs) you. It's (laughs) It's one of the best. uh, I didn't like original Darkwing Duck because it doesn't connect. I did did too. I was offended Launchpad was there. I was like, you have a job. (laughs) Why are you hanging out with this guy? Why are you abandoning your family? This show perfectly introduces Darkwing into this world, how Launchpad fits into the Darkwing Duck world, and I was like, okay, I'm cool with this. This works. This is perfect.
2: So yeah, I they like reboot Darkwing. that. I'll probably watch it. That's interesting. Canonicity and logic mattered to you with DuckTales. Yes. Oh, since huh. I,
0: that's been important. We have tails like, to it. die on, don't we?
2: <laughs> and
0: tailspin. Oh, and Tailspin's a part. Oh, Jeremy, you're the worst. <laughs>
3: yeah i think we have an anime to discuss
0: all right let's talk about the anime that we are here to discuss as much as jason wants to put it (laughs) off. let's talk about our early reviews before we go into spoiler section jeremy what would you think
2: i actually really liked it um i could very easily just completely excise (laughs) the entire ballet that is awesome i love that droid the entire ballet um from it. Just like remove everything related to ballet from it and just give me the story and I would I'd give it five stars at that point. I loved that. Uh the story, everything was great. Love the characters. Uh love where the story goes. But yeah. Ballet's not my thing.
0: Okay. I think that was a good review. <laughs> Jason, what'd you think? Um
3: I did not like this anime much um the characters felt very flat the storytelling was not great the voice actors did a great job but the dialogue was just dull and i really didn't find any interest in the entire anime until like the end of episode 11 and some of 12.
0: okay and as for me i did like it for what it was and what it was trying to do. Uh, it's not going to come anywhere near like my top anime of all time. But I think it was a super original idea. Uh, while the ballet setting and theme doesn't really resonate with me. I really enjoyed how immersed they got into it. And how committed they were. And the fair there's a fairy tale surrealism. That's like a throwback to old fairy tales. Where they're kind of creepy and have scary endings that's mixed in with this, you know, fairly old school anime. It's an interesting style to see mix. I enjoyed the experience of watching it. It is not like I want another anime like this every week.
2: <laughs> no. Yeah, actually just to like uh talk more about that, Hans Christian Andersen was a major inspiration for this and yeah. There's a point where there's like a direct reference, not just to his work, but to him and his life uh, later in the next season. Jeremy
0: knows what happens in the next season, and he's going to not spoil it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's foreshadowing.
0: I should clarify, we only watched the first 13 episodes, uh, the first season of this, because this is just a retro pick and we're not going to be going on. So we are just talking about it in that framing. I think most of us know a lot about what happens in the second half, so we do have that in our mind, but we will be very careful not to spoil anything, Yeah. but it might come up in discussion as we discuss the value of this anime, because that second half does bring a lot of the value in. Yeah. Now, what did you guys think about the opening and the closing?
3: Uh, I did not like either of them, and so I skipped them. I don't remember them <laughs> at all. <laughs> to, to be, be fair, so the, it's been a week since I've seen any. So the beginning of each episode had like a new twist or a new piece of information mm-hmm. on the original story. The, you know, once there was a prince who stabbed himself or once there was a knight who protected the prince kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I made sure to almost get that every time. Uh, <laughs>
1: almost.
3: <laughs> it's very uh, important every time. But as far as like the opening scene or the opening thing and the closing, uh, I did not like them. People just didn't want to watch him dance.
1: <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll I'll say this about the opening: it was very good at putting me in the right mindset to watch the anime because it opens. I think it's Swan Lake. The do 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 yeah. While Princess Tutu dances around. Yeah. It's not like I'm adding it to my rock jams in the morning or anything like that. And I I probably won't... It's not very memorable either. I don't think the visuals were very memorable. A lot of this anime has ballet music playing throughout. It's it's mm-hmm. it's half an anime, half a ballet told through a fairy tale. Uh, and so it, was, it very much yeah. helped me get into that mindset at the start mm-hmm. of every episode. But it wasn't great. And I don't remember the outro
2: yeah oh wait the outro is just her as a duck Mm.
0: Uh, i watched on amazon and amazon goes to the next episode within like five seconds so Um, it wasn't it didn't play
2: yeah yeah i think it's just the outro if i remember correctly the outro is just kind of meant to remind you that she's just a cute duck that is kind of out of her depth Duck. Yep. (laughs) spoilers (laughs) i mean it's in the description
0: (laughs) we're gonna go on to the spoiler section since we're already just like dropping them left and right no um (laughs) but yeah spoiler warning from here on out we're gonna talk about characters plot uh not for past episode 13 if something sneaks out i will edit it out we will be very careful yes yes spoilers for the first 13 episodes though all right so to set up the framing story, we are we have a narrator who comes in at the beginning of every episode and tells the story, and, and this one is the most framing story for the whole series, is that once upon a time, there was a man who wrote a story about a prince and a raven who were locked in battle. He died, and the prince and the raven were stuck in battle forever, deciding that they didn't want that to happen anymore. They escaped the story. The prince shattered his heart to contain the raven... And then they found out the old the storyteller was still alive. Ha 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 ha! Um, and that's the world we're in. We, Jeremy, are you still with us?
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm just
0: holding very still. <laughs> <laughs> we then open on a duck who is watching a young, handsome, white-haired boy dance. And she's like, man, he looks so lonely. I wish I could dance with him. And then she wakes up as a girl in the world. And doesn't remember being a duck when she wakes up in this initial episode. This is our main character, who is a duck. Who is also a girl. Who is also a magical girl who will become Princess Tutu. And her name is Duck. <laughs> um, her her actual name. is like, duck. People yeah. call her Duck yeah uh, yeah what, what what's the what I'm what am I look, looking for um,
2: what do you think of duck subtle
0: subtle this is subtle
2: <laughs> but at the same time I mean there are like anthropomorphic animal people so yes, we'll maybe get
0: into them it's a <laughs> yeah all right what'd you guys think of duck
3: Probably one of the most irritating protagonists I've ever come wrong. across <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I could not stand watching her.
0: Jeremy, what did you think of Duck?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I thought Duck was great. Um, she was adorable. I loved her energy, her personality. Um, I thought it was interesting that she actually had a, a pretty good inner conflict when she was trying to – there were times where she'd question, like, wait a minute. What, did I even like that prince? Like, what? why did I like him? Was it just because he danced nice? Like, <laughs> There were moments where she questioned her entire motivation, and that was really cool. She was always doubting herself. I think in the first couple episodes, she faced more failure than Rey in the entire Star Wars trilogy.
0: All right, that is your last Star Wars joke (laughs) tonight. (laughs) the night. Back to Jason, why didn't you like that?
3: So, I will have to be honest. When she was with her two friends, that was some of the funnier scenes. Um, It did make me smile, too not only have one person that was hoping she would fail, because it was just so cute oh, to watch God. her fail. Uh, but the other one who was not exactly nice either. But, you know, they they love Duck. But um, she... She's too much of a storytelling tool. Um, and what I mean by that is she's naive when she needs to be naive she's skillful when she's needs to be skillful she's empathetic empathetic and like you know near clairvoyant when she needs to be yet on the other hand she and and there's no clear rules right because we've got we've got animals that seem to be animals but then we've got anthropomorphic animals that wear clothes and she doesn't fit either of those categories in either Mm -hmm. transformation she's in um it was just frustrating to watch her end this story.
1: It the best hmm. way. All
0: right. I'm, I'm going to say something, and it's going to start a huge debate, but we might as well get it out of the way, because <laughs> a lot of the plots we can actually get through pretty quick. I think where most of our discussion is going to be on these first couple characters. J- and, Jason, you said at the beginning you thought the characters were flat, and then what you just said now about Duck, I think 100% that is intentional on the storyteller's part. These are presented as nothing but character tropes, but that's the plot, <laughs> that they are real people forced into character trope roles, and they're trying to emerge out of them. I yes, thought she was a duck. She, she is a duck, and she is forced to be a plot device. She is literally, and I've coined this, I've, I've saved this pun for tonight, a duck <laughs> ex machina. <laughs> they even oh. forced... They even oh, point like out it. in the original story she's only in it for a fragment of the story. She comes in, she changes the story and solves the day, and then she's out of the story. She's not mm-hmm. supposed to be a developed character. Yeah, she's and only yet, in like
2: two senses. Yeah. In,
0: in, in the in the Prince and the Raven story, that is the the meta world that created everything that's going on. Right. But yeah. but she's a real. She's becoming a real person throughout Mm -hmm. this and and is bursting out of that so yes she she, in many of the scenes she is presented in that way but that's not actually what she is and that's very intentional and very meta of fairy tale characters of these are just plot devices to tell a story but what if they actually had emotions and and didn't want to be that
3: so it's like where does she fit is she an animal animal as a duck or is she like miss anteater that has emotions and can talk to people as a duck or Mm -hmm. because she's obviously somewhere in between she can understand people when she's
0: a duck without the pendant but she can't talk back like it's that's literally the identity crisis she's having in these 13 episodes she's wondering am i just a duck am i a girl am i princess tutu but it's not interesting
2: uh, i think that's debatable i think that's debatable. okay i think it's that's actually, interesting to me okay that i believe <laughs> but i actually kind of find that the more i think about it I, I actually find it a little bit difficult to believe because it's kind of a philosophical question for her character and i know you like philosophy um i mean she's if you're looking at his had her perspective it's it's such a weird thing even if she is just an animal that doesn't think like that which i mean I don't want to get into how animals think because I got my own opinions there. But like how it's presented in a fairy tale, at least in this story, um, I don't think that there is any kind of consistent thing as far as like these are animals and these are anthropomorphic people that look exactly like animals walking on two legs or sometimes four in the case of a goat. So like, I don't know, the, the, the fairy tale environment, the setting kind of blurs that for you. So it never stuck out to me.
3: And I think that might be where it is mind numbing for me um, because <laughs> you have the same issue with Disney uh, yeah. movies, right? Because you've got the main actors and then you've got their near human animal counterparts and then you've got the actual animals that they use as like Beast of Burden or they're just rodents in the forest. Yeah. Like, yes. because like the canary in the beginning, right? Uh, it didn't look like it was trying to be a person or wanted to dance right. with them. It just looked like a normal bird. But yeah. she's not. Like I don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and and <laughs> that kind of stuff just is. There's no rules to it, therefore there's no way to, I don't know, categorize it or make sense of it for me.
2: Have you read like Hans Christian Andersen fairy yeah. and things like that? Sometimes the rules are a bit ambiguous. It's, it's kind of a thing with fairy tales for setting up the stage. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I stick by what I said earlier, and I, I don't see how, it, the, how her, her aspect of how her character fits into the story and how they're playing with the whole meta of, of characters and tropes. I can't see how that's at least not interesting. Even if the rest of the story is bland and boring, I don't see how that framework is not interesting. I,
3: Because that framework is not made really known until nearly the end of this first half. And the characters don't even start bucking against their prescribed roles until then. And since I haven't Mm -hmm. seen the second half, I I don't Mm -hmm. have any
2: context to put that in. I have to disagree with you on, on whether the characters are bucking against their prescribed roles. Um, Fakir is bucking against it from the moment we see him like the whole reason that he's trying to stop the prince from getting his heart shards back is because he doesn't want the story to continue so that he can die so he's fighting the story from day one Um even though he pretends he's a hero like,
1: but... yeah
2: he doesn't really want to be the knight because he doesn't want to die and he knows that's his destiny Um Rue doesn't even remember anything about her history so she's kind of bucking the story a bit there The only one that's really like playing the story, I guess two would be Muto and Tutu. And Tutu the whole time is like, I don't know, should I be even like there's there's a whole part where she starts saying, I don't think I should collect these heart shards anymore. You know, I I think maybe I should stop. Everybody else says I shouldn't do this. And that would be bucking the story. And that happens relatively early. So I I don't know. I think I I don't know.
1: some.
3: I'm not sure that's a good example because in that moment it was – she caused the person that she loves a ton of pain. And mm-hmm. it seems that every time she gets him a new shard, he she delivers even more pain to him. So that's why that made yeah. sense in that particular context, right? Sure. Um, but yeah. also we don't even know what the roles are until later on.
2: It, actually, it's pretty clear if you watch the intro prior to the opening every time, you're caught up fairly well. Like you find out about Fakir uh Fuck <laughs> almost did it. <laughs> Fakir's <laughs> Fakir's uh uh how he's been behaving at, at like episode seven or eight. Not not like near the end, but like halfway or maybe two thirds through it, which to me that's a pretty good point for a reveal like that. But then all of a sudden things start making sense from earlier.
0: I mean I, I can, I can, like I said, I can see, Jason, how the story is not appealing and how it doesn't hook you and it's kind of bland. It definitely has a very, well, ah, here's the story.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: In the first couple episodes especially, what hooked me was that intro from the narrator that, okay, there's a prince and there's a raven and they're in this world. And then I'm looking at all these characters like, where are they? Which yeah. was, who is who? no one's really playing the role uh, that they're supposed to be in yet. And then as the anime goes along, they start getting forced into those roles. But I, I can see how each episode doesn't really present everything well. Cause if it wasn't for that narration, I would have had a hard time getting into it. But
3: even the narration is talking about a story before what we're seeing now. So it's like, for, for, for like the first seven, six or seven episodes, it, it's the same formula. Uh, something happens to Muto. Tutu finds him. the The disturbance is his heart shard. She gets the heart shard and gives it to him. Like mm-hmm. it's it's the same Sorry. rigmarole, and it's <laughs> like it doesn't. Like we get little snippets of the overarching Snorri story here and there but not enough to, like, make it... uh, I I don't know. There's no no
0: stakes. Oh, I think there's big stakes. I I don't agree with
1: that. Not in the
3: first six or seven
0: episodes. What I do agree with what you just said, though, is that, you know, it's kind of just the same thing over and over. To me, I kind of wrote that off as this is a 90s. Jeremy even pointed out this was made by the same people who made Sailor Moon. The first multiple Mm -hmm. episodes of Sailor Moon are bad guy shows up, throw the tiara... Next episode, bad guy shows up, throw the tr, And it isn't until, like, a dozen episodes in, throwing the tr doesn't work suddenly, and now, okay, wait. Now we need to get into, like, character motivations and, and character arcs.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so that I wrote it off as 90, a 90s anime trope of, okay, we're going to set up a pattern and a rhythm. And, yes, it. I actually agree it was kind of dull. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, okay, yeah, just, yeah, you're going to get the heart chart. I get it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but it, I, I was... I get what you're doing, and you're going to obviously break this pattern, and it's not going to stay this way, uh, but you have to establish it before you can step outside and start playing with it more.
2: I yeah, I, I wasn't enjoying the interpret- rhythm, is I think the problem. Well, I actually interpreted it as, if you're if you're planning to, to take a rhythm that already exists, and that everybody's used to, like this formula from Sailor Moon, and from pretty much any other episodic cartoon, right? If you're planning to take that formula and you want to do something really interesting with it and you want to like shock your audience then you need to have that formula in it long enough for your audience to say i know what this is i'm bored and that's when you can finally upend it and say nope i went a totally different direction like madoka magica kind of i mean it didn't really have the the episodic nature but just in the sense of like Flipping the trope on its head and trying to do something different. That I think if you provide 11, that
0: episode eleven, I don't think that's true. I don't but think, I think that's true. Madoka, Madoka Magica also had Sailor Moon existing, so it didn't have to. Uh, whereas this, you know, it's old. This is older, and so it it doesn't really yeah. have anything to build on. It's got to establish well, it its had own Sailor term. Moon existing.
2: It does. It, that's, it came to this after.
0: But Madoka, like,
3: had its first tragic moment in, like, episode three or four.
2: Right, but I would
0: say that's only earned because Magic Girl series were so well established by that point. Right. Whereas this series has to establish on its own the pattern and the truth. Oh, maybe
2: that, just, that type of storytelling doesn't appeal to me. I'm pretty sure it came after Sailor Moon. I'm not 100% sure. I'd need to look that up. But, I don't know. She faced she faced failure later. she got caught and trapped multiple times um, wasn't able to complete the job, whether it was because of like' not the most confidence yeah she's really not competent, and that's one of the things I was wondering like when you said that she was was always succeeding, I was like I, I remember a lot of failures
3: no, no, i didn't say she was always succeeding. what I'm saying is every time she came across the heart shard shadow uh-huh that always succeeded until episode 11 mm-hmm.
1: yeah
0: okay i'm gonna keep yeah. going forward but i i, I have a feeling okay this is going that. to basically be the central fate <laughs> of this entire episode yeah,
2: yeah you're probably right <laughs> all right
0: the i'm gonna, let's talk about the the prince that was dancing in front of the duck that made her make the wish this is the character muto <laughs> oh. um that's like, such a weird name, Muto. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's pronounced Muto. I yeah. had a hard time writing this one out. Anyway, Muto. He is basically, for most of this, a blank slate. But he is yeah. a major character in it. So yeah. that definitely landed differently with all of us. So what do you guys think?
3: Uh, I thought he was interchangeable with the uh, main character of Kisniper. No! So. <laughs> <laughs> for those who haven't listened before, that's not a compliment for him. <laughs> <laughs> um... Oh. What's there to say about him? Because, you know, that was his purpose, was to be a blank slate through this entire first half. So I don't really have a lot of thoughts on him except for
2: every time he speaks, I cringe. <laughs> is that because of the voice actor or just because of the things he says? Both. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what the English... The only I time the he was ever remember.
3: semi-interesting is yeah. when... Uh, the raven made like a clone of him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, when it was the love shard.
3: No, what? no, no. It was
2: literally, uh, it was a, it fake. was a fake. It was a crow
0: pretending to that be That was him. good.
2: That's right. I remember that an illusion. Um, he was the only character that we got to see that was actually from a book. Every other character is from the real world. That is actually kind of being shanghaied into the story. That's that's how this works. I had to look it up just to verify. Is that a spoiler? No, 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 no. No, that's that's what's going on. Because the only people that escaped out of the book were the Raven, Raven and the Prince. Everybody else is from this world. That's why when we learn about Fakir and we see his scars, they're like, Oh, you're the reincarnation of this character from a book, you know, because these are not people from the book. So the prince's lack of emotion and it, because he's from a book, like it made sense to me. Like this happened to him in a story. He isn't a real person. He's nothing more than whatever the writer wanted him to be. Whereas all these other characters, they have their own personalities and they're kind of being warped into characters so they can resist more easily. He can't resist. He's just going to be whatever fate decides him to be. He came from a world of nothing but fate and it fit perfectly for me. And I love the fact that the first emotions that he gets back are all painful and negative. It was fascinating. The one thing I absolutely hated was the sound he made every time he'd get one back. I was like, uh, dude, emotion gasm! What the hell? Okay, <laughs> yes. w- where did she shove that? All right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Yes, Tanya was watching the whole thing with me. I got her to sit down and watch the first bit. She didn't think she'd keep watching, but she watched the whole thing with me and that every time that happened, we we're just like, "Oh god. Come on. <laughs> Why would you do that?" So,
0: I I agree with both of you on this one actually cuz I find him to be the least interesting or yeah, the least interesting character of the whole bunch. I was kind of frustrated how much screen time he was getting. He was kind of difficult to put up with with his I want to have a heart, Fakir. <laughs> okay. And he says it like three episodes in a row, and then Fakir's like, yeah. oh, I think he wants to have a heart. All right. Um, uh, so he is Let a little... Better smack him. He's... Uh,
1: yeah. He, he oh grinded God, a little bit.
0: <laughs> On the flip side, I love the idea that the hero of our story is super uninteresting because <laughs> <laughs> he's the prince of the story, right? So he's supposed to be the okay. hero. And yep. he has no personality at all. He's boring as heck. And he's actually kind of annoying to watch. Yeah. That was a fun twist on the trope. But at the same time, I kept thinking about early Disney princess, Prince Charming, Prince Philip. And I'm like, what's their personality? They, they don't have one. Yeah. They're just the prince of the story that yeah. saves the maiden. And they're super boring. And I'm like, that's kind of a fun twist on that where they made him extra boring and personality With that said, at the end of this, I would be excited to meet the real prince, Yuto, and and see what his actual personality is. Because it seems like that's coming, but the doll version of him was rough. Yeah. Alright, so... (laughs) The duck wakes up a girl talks to her bird what's really interesting is that like this is her first day as a human girl but she has memories and experiences as a like she remembers being a human for a while now um, and the duck memories are all gone she has bird friends she talks to in the morning she has best friends she's going to school with who are fantastic. I love, I don't, I uh, it's Pike and Lily, and I don't remember which is which, but the little blonde girl that just loves to watch Duck fail at everything, like, you should go tell him you love him so he can reject you, it'll be so cute! I loved it, every time. And nope. also, can I point out, the
3: birds, like, attack her nearly in the very first episode never happens again.
2: Actually, does well, happen at least, again. yeah, and we never see it? I mean, just because we don't see it, doesn't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, fair happen. enough. But yeah. I don't remember them ever coming back to her. There's
0: another episode. She wakes up in her room and the birds jump her again. Oh, they do. Okay. Yeah. tried to forget it. <laughs> <laughs> um, she thinks she runs to school because she thinks she's late. Uh, so we very much get a Sabrina Sailor Moon vibe where she's kind of... the She's clumsy. She's klutzy. She's not a good dancer. Be, she's the worst in the class. She gets to school thinking she's late, but she's actually super early. She didn't know what time it was. And the only person there is, is Muto dancing. She ends up tripping and he jumps to save her and hurts himself. And this is where Fakir enters and is like, Oh my God, why would you try to save this person? Um, that, that actually has payoff later, but Fakir's like, Don't help people and hurt yourself, you freaking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's Fakir's personality for most of this anime. Uh, Fakir is a dark-haired dancer, a uh, student of this school. What'd you guys think of him? He's basically Muto's abusive boyfriend.
3: Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was kind of uh, weird at first. <laughs> in- interesting. So one one thing I do want to point out before I get to that is he's the reincarnation of the hero from a story... But he was born in the real world, but the heroes from the book. So how can he be reincarnated by someone that never it's, existed?
2: It's a, it's a statement from his um, foster father, Blacksmith. That's who told him he's the reincarnation. That doesn't mean he is. All, oh, all it means okay. is that the father, foster father looked at the scar or the birthmark and said, you must be the reincarnation.
0: And and to clarify, there's kind of two heroes in the original story. There's the prince, who's the hero, and then he has a knight who protects him. The knight mm-hmm. died in the story, and now this guy is born with a scar matching the illustration of the knight dying across his body. Can you imagine, like, every time you take off your shirt, you're like, oh, this is how old me died.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: oh. I thought
0: he was probably one of the most interesting characters.
3: Um he was rough to watch the first couple episodes, though, which kind of put me off of his character as a whole, unfortunately. Because, um, he, yeah, he... God, he literally abusive to Muto. Um, has zero redeeming qualities until we get the duck scenes. <laughs> um, he obviously cares for Muto's well-being, but he, he's almost portrayed as a villain, but in a way that you're like, ah, he's not really the villain. Like, you, you kind of get that feeling from episode one. But, um, yeah, I, I did think he was probably the most interesting character out of the bunch, but I was off put by him. And then his combat scenes were not well illustrated or animated. <laughs>
0: Do you mean it's not illustrated well, compared to today or for the time? Because this is an older anime. This is from 2002. Okay. <clears throat> never mind. <throat> I, I thought it was older than that. Nope. I thought, I thought it was like 90.
3: <laughs> nope. Well, him putting up the sword um. and blocking the feathers
0: was something. Okay. Well, those feathers are dangerous, man. <laughs> you should see what they did to him in episode 13. <laughs> you did see what they did to him in episode 13. Oh,
2: that's right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, I really liked Fakir, but I had the same exact uh, issue with him in the beginning. I was like, w- what's going on? I-, I thought he was either the Prince or the Raven. And Troy, I know you-, you thought the same thing that like, why is he so mean and controlling? Like he seems to almost despise the Prince or despise Muto. Cause we're not a hundred percent sure Muto is the Prince. We're just kind of getting the implication at this point. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah. I, I was, I was really wondering that, but I liked, I liked him a lot and where they went with him as a character and how they showed that, especially when we started getting his flashbacks and learning why he became this way, because he wasn't initially, you know, he was, he was really fond of the prince and wanted to show him the world, but things happened (laughs) as they're prone to do. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) On the magic carpet, right? um and so yeah no i I really liked fakir i liked his relationship with duck and where that went
0: yeah um just like you guys his villainousness is so over the top in the first couple episodes i'm like okay you're not the villain you can't be (laughs) (laughs) it's like too much there was an intimacy like i understand why jason called them boyfriends there's an intimacy between them my theory after like the first few episodes was okay fakir is the prince Muto is his heart, and there, by putting the heart back together, he will then become the full print. So they'll combine, and that's why he could be so intimate with him, he's literally, like, touching his own face, he can slap him, I'm just slapping myself for being mm-hmm. an idiot, and that his whole thing was gonna be like, if I have a heart, I can get hurt again, and, and love, and I thought that's where we were going, it didn't,
1: uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I thought the,
0: I thought Fakir for a while was the sword.
1: Which the princess, I, the princess
0: kind yeah. of is in his own way. <laughs> right. I mean, so that. that's, that's actually close. Yeah. Um, but, but, like you guys said, I I really like this character. I, I felt he was the most arcing. Um, I shipped it from the get-go. I was like, ah, I know where a ship when I see one, even if it hasn't even talked to each other yet. Um, Duck
2: and Fakir. Yep,
0: yeah, yeah, Duck and Fakir. Yeah. I shipped it from sec- yeah. this episode. And... He kind of has the most character arc throughout throughout this, which in an anime where the the character arcs are like underneath or, or be more being set up, that was refreshing. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He was a little bit much in the first couple of episodes, like just slapping. Out. Especially when I learned that um they're not the same person, and I'm like, oh no, you're just literally hitting him. Okay.
2: Yep. Well, the prince didn't like it, and I I, I kind oh. of appreciated the scene because of that, where it was like, oh, he's just going to walk out now. That You've never seen this happen before, have you? Um,
0: after this, Duck goes to class and we meet one of the best characters in this anime. <laughs> Interesting, though, because we already talked about the anthropomorphic animal and the rules of this. Duck is the only one who notices this is weird. She's like, the teacher's a cat? And it's literally an anthropomorphic cat man who does still have cat tendencies, but is a man and he's their teacher. And if you misbehave in class, he will force you to marry him or at least which which at first I was like, that's kind of creepy. And they committed to the joke. And at the end, (laughs) I would love to every time he said it like,
1: yeah, get them to marry you you.
3: I, I love when it backfires when the goat comes around. He's like, I'll force you to
0: me- ooh, ooh, The best is when Duck says yes and he waits out and at a cafe all oh, night long. Oh, it's...
1: <laughs> Jeremy,
0: I think we're losing um, you. we can't hear your responses.
3: I love, um, yeah, every time he's like, he's either like rolling around or he's like scratching himself or like licking his paw and like doing his ear, even though he can literally reach it because
2: he's kind of anthropomorphic yeah all of his cat tendencies were amazing yeah the cat guy he was awesome um he's actually a reference to another popular anime i don't remember what it's called but there's a cat character in there that that's what he does is he just says i'll marry you to women all the time and they turn him down so that's the reason they included it um really yeah (laughs) okay but this yeah it actually had like i mean I'm not enough of an aficionado to know it, but as soon as I saw the, I went and watched like a 32 facts thing and it, there's a lot about this anime that's really interesting. Um, as far as connections go. Like, for instance, the producer and, and like every, all the team except for the voice actors went and did ballet lessons in order to understand what they were going to be writing and drawing about.
1: Uh, um, I'll be, but I'll the be surreal,
2: uh huh.
1: I
0: was gonna say I'll be one hundred percent honest while watching that. I could feel that. I'm like I know I'm not getting it because I don't know this stuff, but I can feel yeah. there's care put into this. That there's yeah. compared to like Trinity Blood we watched last time, where they were just kind of like we want to do this and we're just not really gonna do a good job at it. <laughs> they were like this is what we want to do, and I feel like they 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 nailed their goals, even if it's not gonna appeal to all audiences, even myself included. I feel like they yeah. nailed what they wanted
2: to do. Agree. Yeah, there's passion there. There is passion there and, de- and dedication. Um, I also absolutely got the surreal vibes. So did Tanya, where we're sitting there and we're like, wait a minute. What's going on? And, and in the next episode, when we get introduced to a freaking ant eater ballerina, <laughs> like, and we're just sitting there the whole time. We're like, is somebody's eyeball going to pop out? Is somebody going to explode? Like, what is next? I don't know. And yeah. And plus every time that uh, the the doll lady Adele showed up and her music was playing, I got the vibe again and I'm like, oh man this this is so creepy I love this it's scrum so totally with you there on the surreal vibe we are still on episode one
1: <laughs> like said, we'll, we're
0: gonna have to go through the episodes very quickly but the characters are more
2: Don't worry, there's
3: not a
0: lot there
2: yeah it's Old. just
0: episodic sometimes. <laughs>
2: I can't fault it for that one. It's, it's true in the beginning. <laughs>
0: um, we are also introduced to the elite class of ballerinas who dance for the beginner class that Duck and her friends are a part of. And we meet the character Rue, who is technically Muto's girlfriend. But we are also going to find out she's Princess Krayi, a evil crow. She is not the raven. She's a crow. I don't know if I know enough about crows and ravens to tell animation-wise which one I'm seeing. A lot of times I wrote down a raven shows up and then they're like, it's a crow! (laughs) All right, fine. (laughs) Yep. What did you guys think of Rube?
3: I, I kind of liked her for the fact that she seemed the most normal as far as a person within an anime. Um... But she, it was weird because every time she's with Muto, she's almost this doll-like, uh, she has no passion, no emotion, no anything to her. Uh, she just seems to be complacent when she's with him. But then when something happens or he's gone, she seems very normal, like any other girl in, a, in an anime, right? Um, so, and I did like that she had no idea of her back, like, what she really was. I think that was, yeah, I guess Rue was the most interesting character for me. Because, <laughs> you know, uh Fakim, he didn't know his background either, and I couldn't stand the dude. But, like, Rue, like... I guess because she turned villain. I guess I kind of liked her. <laughs> um, I think the most irritating thing about it, though, was when gosh, she, it, every time she jumped at them or jumped into position, she's just like this.
0: How dare she do ballet poses in this ballet <laughs> anime? <laughs> All of the dancing was awful. Stupid robots and robotech. Get out of here. That's right. <laughs>
2: Uh, No, I totally agree with all that. I think that um, one of the things that made her really endearing to me was what happens in episode 13. Just the way that at the very end, she kind of bows out gracefully. And I kind of didn't expect that. Part of me hoped for it, but I didn't expect it. And it was really cool because it added a a deep element to her character that... Wait wait a minute. She's... uh, Well, I mean... Drosselmeyer calls it out when he's talking about how these different characters that are coming to this big scene near the end, and he's like, here's the quality each of them have. For her, it's like she's she's not really sure she wants to be the villain. I'm like, okay, that's that's actually really cool. I like that. It's, it's more of that uh, gray morality than you even see in anime that have gray morality villains, because this one's actually like calling it right out and saying, nope, this is her whole core, is that she... She doesn't know if she really wants to be what I've written her to be.
0: Yeah, yeah, I really love the whole sleeper agent thing that was going on. That she is this, presented as this one character, and this is who she wants to be. And then the, because of the whole, the story is starting, You ha- I need you over here in this trope. And being like, but I, I don't want to be the villain. I want to be the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. No. And then, you know, reacting... Oh to try to fight that. But at the same time, that's making her fill in the trope. Like, okay, if I can't be the girlfriend, I'll ruin it for everyone else. And now I am just the villain. Oh crap. She's um, yeah. not like the Manchurian candidate.
1: Yes. I, and I, I, I agree.
0: <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with her being the most interesting character. Cause I found that super interesting. I mm-hmm. thought yeah. she was going to be the actual Raven. She's not. Um, but it was still really cool to, to get her into the story. I, I'm really excited to see what happens to her next, even though I already know. (laughs) I'm not. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Duck wants to apologize to Muto and she sees Fakir being mean to him and she wishes she could help. And so the, this creepy old man who we'll talk about in a little bit is like, Oh, I can help you help. Um, and then Muto goes to a window to see some baby birds, climbs down a ledge, <laughs> and the, this is a, it becomes established that anytime he sees anything in trouble, he will risk his own safety to protect it. So he sees yep, a bird. commit suicide. He, yes, he jumps out yes. of the window. That's literally Faki- why Fakir's so evil. Because yeah. the guy He's I'm guy, trying to yeah. protect will commit suicide to save a baby bird. He's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? I have to yeah. lock him up. Quit helping him. <laughs> Nope. Yep. That's the whole thing? Okay. Um <laughs> He jumps out a window to save a baby bird. Uh <laughs> Interesting enough, a crow or raven actually att- causes this. Um Is what attacks mm-hmm. the baby bird. And I'm pretty sure that's what Grosselmire's doing. But we mm-hmm. then get the first appearance of Princess Tutu. Duck is allowed to turn into Princess Tutu. And she does a dance that creates a garden that catches him.
2: Because flower petals are enough to stop this. So, yeah, fall. that
0: that is something we we, we <laughs> touch on in this anime. <laughs> you don't fight; you ballet dance your emotions to save people. So and sometimes magic. I'm I'm actually
3: super disappointed because <laughs> in this scene she specifically calls out flower waltz, and like then the flowers yeah. come, and I'm like, oh. So now when she gets into these dance-offs, she's going to call out her power. She never calls out her power again. (laughs) Missed opportunity.
0: Also, after this happens, she remembers that she's a duck. And so she turns into a duck. And she's like, oh, yeah, I was a duck the whole time. How did I become a girl (laughs)
1: And she's like, I
0: love that. Oh, wait, that's (laughs) the banquet. I bet. The whole duck thing (laughs) makes it very difficult to explain this anime to someone in like one sentence. What is this about? (laughs) It's about a duck that's a girl, that's a magical girl, that's helping a fairy tale. What? I I mean, it's accurate. (laughs) (laughs) You just need to watch it and hope you can stomach ballet. I will say. I was super uncomfortable with the amount of duck butthole we get to see when she's <laughs> no! also a little girl through most of the anime. Every time I saw duck butthole, I'm like, Oh, okay. Um I don't know if I'm supposed to look at that. That feels inappropriate. She's like a thirteen year old girl. Um but she's Yeah, and doctor. also not
3: not su- super concerned with her uh nudity
2: as well when she turns it back into a girl. I am glad there's consistency look,
0: she, with that. That
3: the
2: clothes not. don't change with her, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I love the fact that she had to problem-solve getting the clothes the first time that it happened in town. I was like, they actually gave her the opportunity to solve this issue? They didn't just hand-wave it away and be like, oh yeah, she doesn't have cold clothes, but she's like peeking out from a bush and nobody cares or notices or whatever? No, they made her actually carry the clothes over there in duck form, put them nearby in a bush, jump back in the water, turn back into a girl, jump in the bush, change, and then go off to do her thing. And oh man, that seriously got my
0: so we meet our last two characters here. Um The first one is the storyteller himself, who's you can tell is that the real villain of this anime. Um His name is Drosselmeyer, and he's like, hey, I'm the one who turned you into a girl, and I'm the one who's letting you become Princess Tutu, and if you want to help the prince, that's what you have to do. You have to do Princess Tutu stuff. <laughs> and then... Whatever that means. That's exactly how he says it. <laughs> <The> <laughs> Gotta rules. do Princess Tutu stuff. The rules are, if she acts like a duck, which basically means quacking, she will transform into a duck. If she touches water as a duck, she will turn into a human. That seems a little backwards to me. Mm-hmm. I thought, like, oh, you turn into water, you become a duck, because duck's in water, but nope. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and then we also meet uh, Miss Adel, who is... is Actually, a, her
3: song's pretty great.
0: Who is a jewelry salesman, gem salesman, but is actually a puppet robot working for Drosselmeyer. Um, I Adel was rough. Um,
3: <laughs> and what I mean by rough is rough to like watch. She made me super uncomfortable, like just because of her movements. Before I knew that she was uh, an actual puppet. Because she's very off-putting uh, to this world because, you know, it's either animal or half-animal or human. And she's obviously none of those when you first see her. And also, she appears and disappears in the most random ways. Um, but I like what they eventually do with her. But at first, she's, like, talking in these weird riddles that are just... Over the top that have no,
2: I, I, God, they, yeah, anyways, she was so ambiguous. Um,
3: she was okay, I guess. Kind of irritating and off-putting to watch at first.
2: Jeremy, go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, I yeah, she was off-putting, and I think. When I was saying surreal before, I, this is the same emotion that you described, where you're like you're uncomfortable. She gave me the sensation to it. I loved it because it made this world just seem not safe. So, so yeah, I, I got that sense of you know there's something sinister going on, and she's a part of it, and she's not safe. She's a dangerous person. Um, but then, like you said, Jason, when she disappears in the strangest ways, there's one part where we get to see her get. Disappear. And it's like this silhouette just being jerked up by the yeah. strings. And I'm like, what?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then later
2: nice. we find out that was so good, though. Oh, yeah. and later we-, we find out that she's a puppet of Drosselmeyer, like you guys were saying. Can you say. Actualized living plot device like mm-hmm. he literally created a doll. That when his main character right now, because this is the two-two arc of this of his storyline, right? When she runs into a problem, he's like, I need a plot device to help her. So I have a I have a literal doll that I'm gonna send in and use strings to control to move my story forward because my hero can't figure it out. And I just loved that. And the fact that the plot device later gets the opportunity to be like, I wanna be more than a plot device. And then does what she does. I don't know. Have we mentioned it? Yeah. Uh,
0: no, I think we're going to save it for this. Yeah, we'll save
2: it then. Does what she does. It's just, she is one of my favorite characters. Absolutely.
0: Drosselmeyer comes off as like the literal devil. And the, <laughs> the fact that she's obviously connected to him, especially right like she shows up five seconds after he leaves, right? To help yeah. Duck get her clothes and start her journey. So she's obviously connected with him, but she's so helpful. And it. I, I I agree with both of you that it was off-putting, but I agree with Jeremy in the fact that that was what made it so interesting. Like, this feels weird. I said yeah. to you guys, I feel like I'm in a fever dream when I'm watching this anime. You <laughs> that. Or drugs, yeah. which I've never taken, but I imagine this is <laughs> what it was like.
2: <laughs> yep. Yep. And you know what's really funny is – drosselmeyer i absolutely agree with you that he comes off like the devil <laughs> but at the same time what kind of stories do you and i like jason we like tragedies yeah right this is the kind of author that we would want to watch his his video and his story and, and read his stories this is the kind of story we want so i so feel like yes from the perspective of the of the poor characters it's kind of like in recreators where the, the character comes back and is like did you like this? Did you like what you did when you killed all my friends? Did you guys get off on this? <laughs> it's like, well, no, but it adds so much weight to your story. It, it's very <laughs> true.
0: It's that meta of when you
2: use characters in a story, if they were real, that's a horrible thing. Didn't oh, you? yeah.
1: That.
2: Exactly. Uh, I was like, this is, uh, Jay, uh, what's his name from, uh, Game of Thrones? This is, this is the Game of Thrones author. <laughs> <laughs> J.R. Oh, Martin. J. R. Martin. Yes, thank you.
0: We're going to push through a bunch of episodes really fast. Okay. Uh, In this episode, an anteater (laughs) asks Yuto to date her so that she can defeat Rue in dance combat. Dance uses Duck as her dance partner and defeats her back, and then we find a heart shard inside the anteater. This is the second time that an anthropomorphic animal character has shown up and everyone else is fine with it. And Duck's like,
1: what?
2: (laughs) And she even says, like, she wasn't here before. Like, yesterday she didn't exist. What is going on?
0: Uh, In the next episode, um, and again, I'm not going to have time to touch on them. But the narrator is telling little snippets of the original Prince and Raven story that factor into, like, the theme of the episode. Mm Um. This is where Duck learns about the Prince and the Raven story. Her friends show her the book, and she's like, oh my gosh, that sounds really, really familiar. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) She sees Rue and Muto go out on a date and ends up following them. (laughs) Creepy stalker. (laughs) Muto has to get Rue water after he tells her he loves her, even though he just says it because she tells him to say it because he's like that. Uh, and duck helps him they go to a restaurant this was another super creepy one they go into this restaurant all the food (laughs) is cold this lady's like eat 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 here's all this food and it's all cold and she's drawn to is just super. her eyes are huge and yeah people duck goes in investigating and the and the restaurant owner is like in the back like who am i gonna serve next And she's like, oh my god, she's killing people. (laughs) She's like sharpening a
3: blade and she sees a tombstone out in the back.
0: Uh, It ends up she's just possessed by the heart shard of... Loneliness? Loneliness, yeah, because her husband, who actually was the cook, died. um, And then a princess tutu dance makes her realize she has recipes uh, from her (laughs) husband. (laughs) I may have presented that in an unfair way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but so they, <laughs> this is also where duck learns that if she confesses <laughs> her love to the prince she will disappear as a speck of light because that is the fate of the princess whatever that yeah. means
2: well it, it means that she will disappear as a speck of light it, 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 it seems to be yeah. taken very yeah. literally very literal yeah <laughs>
0: um On the next episode, Fakir is like, hey, quit trying to get your heart back because Muto is now starting to have his emotions come back, even though they're negative ones. He's like, I'm feeling. And Fakir's like, please don't do that. Don't. (laughs) You got to stop doing that. (laughs) Um, Duck is forced into a punishment with a piano playing penguin uh, because she distracted Rue.
2: And then she ends up... It it didn't look like she actually distracted her. It looked like Rue's toe bent on its own, and then she called it out, but everybody blamed her anyways. Right, yeah.
0: I actually messed it up. I was like, did I mess it up in my notes? But yeah, you're right. Um, Her and Rue end up teaming up after this, and they are looking for Muto together in the town. He has wandered off like he does, because he's an idiot. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he
2: is. That's completely fair. He is.
0: Yeah, uh, it's he's not the ju- plot
2: of this episode, but yes, he is. <laughs> he's joined a funeral progression of spirits,
1: and they, yep.
0: yeah. they they chase him down. Another one that I was like, okay, so we are going horror vibe because now he's literally being <laughs> taken by spirits who are trying to claim his soul. Um, nope. Miss Adel is like, because they he goes into a wall, and they're like, wait, how do we get to him? Miss Adel's like, no, it's not a wall; it's a mansion, and then a mansion appears.
1: And they go,
0: yeah, they go in and they have to literally dance battle. And by battle, I, it's, not a, it's not a battle, but I call them dance battles in my notes because that was yeah, always too. funny to me. Um, it, what it is, though. Literally good. just dancing your emotions <laughs> out to help you. Hope. Oh, God. Uh, this one is it's grief or sorrow. <laughs> Interesting enough, Rue tries to dance battle and fails, and then uh, Duck has to become Princess Tutu and succeeds.
2: And it's the, uh, like power scaling. Dance power scaling.
0: <laughs> Her dancing is over 9,000!
2: 9,000! <laughs> uh, you know, actually, episode... I read that, that the uh, uh, the Anteater is the only one that's capable of performing like the final dance of the Black Swan, um, so they spin on their toes like 32 times, and Big thing apparently because Rue was trying to do her dance thing and she didn't have enough stamina to stay on her toe long enough. That's why it kind of bent in this episode. Uh, anteater is the only one. She's the best dancer. Only Tutu can beat her.
0: Can't believe you know that. I it was in the thirty-two facts. That is interesting though. Yeah, is it really though?
1: Yep. Yeah, it's a An Anteater is the best.
0: Out. Yeah, the anteater is the most powerful character in this anime. That's
1: interesting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in the next one The fire festival is coming up uh, This is a dance in town Where the best couple will get a golden apple Um this Is this but... my <laughs> Fakir Ends up hiding Muto away and, and sees Duck and tells her like, Hey I don't know why you're following him around But you need to knock it off And, and he realizes <laughs> she knows about his shattered heart And he's like why do you know that But that's weird Um, And then Muto disappears into a sub-basement Where he's locked up (laughs) And Duck has to chase after him And a a spirit voice starts talking to her And asking her riddles But the answer of the riddle is basically Light or a lamp And it ends up being a lamp Who was sad that The lamp's family threw her away And so Princess Tutu dances for the lamp And then it becomes like her actual lamp
2: yeah, this is an actual this is an actual fairy tale story. They just mm-hmm. ported it to well, too. It go. has amazing much good. amazing. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I I actually I actually
0: like that. I do.
2: You uh, would. I, I was I was laughing during it, but.
1: <laughs>
0: uh Muto ends up dancing with Rue, and she freaks out because there's kindness in his eyes for the first time ever.
2: Okay, um... (laughs) Which, I mean, honestly, like, I know we kind of glossed over it, but if you imagine it from the perspective of both Fakir and Rue, we saw Fakir's age in the flashback when he showed up. If we assume that she's around the same age as Fakir, for the last, like, what, like, six years, seven years, they have known only an emotionless doll, and so every time that she'd talk to him, every time that she'd make him say that, make him say, I love you... There would be nothing there. No sincerity whatsoever. And then all of a sudden there is. That would be freaky. Like all of a sudden you're not just a doll anymore. You're like, you're making decisions? No. What? (laughs) That means you might say no.
0: (laughs) I had a couple times throughout this anime wondered how much Rue knows. Because Rue knows his heart is shattered. That he's the actual prince. But she doesn't know that she's also part of the story. But I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if this moment subconsciously reminds her that the story is now coming. That's a
2: good point yeah yeah.
0: okay um this next part is about Sleeping Beauty but basically it is one of my favorite moments in the anime because a, a acting troupe comes to town and the ballet class is allowed to go watch them and they're like hey let's go talk to our stage manager and there's an electric eel in a tank that provides electricity for their <laughs> lights and they're like was our stage manager always electric eel and they're like meh I don't know <laughs> but at least we don't have to pay for power <laughs> Yep. I I'll be honest, I don't actually understand the whole plot of the of Palomone and her husband and what she was having a problem with. But I know she makes Duck and Fakir dance together, and I was down with that.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, this to me this was actually the weakest episode. Um Yeah. yeah. I, um, I really couldn't get behind those two characters very much. They didn't interest me.
0: Yeah, it like I said, it has the Fakir and Duck dancing together, and I was like, okay, I was right. I now I know for sure that that's where this is going. Also, the Heart Shard, which is fear, attacks Princess Tutu when she tries to reclaim it. Mm -hmm. And when it when she returns it to Mewtwo's heart, he's like, "I'm scared of Princess Tutu,"
2: which that was cool.
0: Not a manly thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Fair.
2: that was so cool though like to have the prince be afraid of the person helping them that was cool
0: it was led her
2: to a crisis of identity
0: yes and then it kind of changes like okay maybe fakir has been right this whole time Uh, Mm -hmm. and fakir is like there for them like i will take care of you what do you need dude i'm a bro even though i slapped you like two episodes ago it's fine (laughs) (laughs) um in the next one we actually get... Duck has been depressed. This, this is the one where she agrees to Mr. Cat to marry him and he waits outside in the cafe for like an entire day. <laughs> depressed. Poor Mr. Uh, Cat. Her <laughs> friends tell her to go to the sorting bridge where a voice will ask you questions so you can figure out your life, but it's actually just a heart shard for curiosity or knowledge seeking.
1: Um, that was awesome. I thought it was
0: like a siren situation going on where it like lured you
3: into the water to die. Kind, kind of, kind of did
1: that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I thought it was did. like
0: you know a local legend. Duck meets you know. Rue at at the bridge. Um, neither of them hear the voice, but Mudo also hears the voice from the water, and it's like his own voice. So that's how. He knows a heart, chart. and he's like, "Why do you not? You think he's like I don't have a heart? Why don't you have a heart? I
1: don't know." And it's, if you
0: had a problem with the voice actor, this scene was tough because he's literally going back and forth, just not emoting at all. Uh, Duck decides to quit And Drosselmeyer is like Okay I'm going to get personally involved He goes there and he tells Duck don't you quit You can do it And she's like no no, I actually quit And she throws the gem away So then he sends Miss Adol to try to get the gem back And Duck's like no I don't want it But then she sees Muto get pulled into the water uh, By the, the Heart shard and she swims after him Gets the gem back she needs the gem otherwise she's just a duck and she turns mm-hmm. into princess tutu and muto actually tells her because she starts crying like i'm sorry i've been you know giving you these bummer emotions and ruining your <laughs> life and he's like you know what it's cool please help me get my heart back and so the, then she feels much better but when they come back out she's restoring this heart shard to him rue is watching from the the shadows and then suddenly princess cray arrives and it's clearly rue um, in a very skimpy
2: ballet outfit, and she which has... is also that's um uh, it's directly influenced from the the Black Swan, Black Swan. outfit. Yeah. yeah, that's an and amazing that outfit, by the way.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Whereas whereas Princess Tutu is clearly the White Swan too. From,
1: yep. Uh,
0: she has crow powers, so she can like do feather stuff. She actually steals the heart shard and sends like Muto sent gets sent away, but Fakir finds him. And then Rue wakes up and she has the heart chart and she's like what happened? Um, mm-hmm. She does not remember it and then she has to kind of come to terms with who she is. Uh, let's see. The next one. Yep, yep. The, 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 the lot of stuff happens. Oh, Duck decides to tell Muto that who she is so she leaves a note in his locker Because Fakir's getting very aggressive with her So she's like I'm going to secretly tell Muto Who I am and to meet me Um and when she's put in his locker Fakir comes into the locker room So she turns into a duck and hides in <laughs> Fakir's locker who's like Hey I like ducks And takes care of her and feeds her And she's like um I thought he was a jerk And then Muto's like hey I got a letter Fakir look at what it says it says She wants to
1: meet
0: me Uh this all ends up where all the characters meet together. Uh, Fakir goes and gets the prince's sword. He does this weird ritual to purify it with blood. Yeah. And, and his whole plan is I'm going to reshatter the prince's heart. So this will stop the story from progressing. Mm-hmm.
1: Princess Krahi
0: gets involved, but she ends up running away. when Fakir shows up with the sword. And then Muto actually ends up with the sword. He's like, well, I'll just stab my own heart. It's cool. And <laughs> Princess Tutu's like, "Hey, don't do that." He's like, "You're right. I shouldn't," because he's an idiot. <laughs> yes.
2: Um, he does whatever the writer tells him, right? So yeah. he's got a writer right now. So he's like, "What do you want me to do?" <laughs> I, I'm not saying this in a negative
0: way. I'm just trying to go fast. To be fair, no, it's
2: great. I love it. Oh, I
0: am.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, I love the moment where Miss Adel asks Doc, "Like, what is Fakir to you?" Which is something that's kind of come up with the prince is like what what am i to you and you know she doesn't want to confess to him but for the first time someone's like how do you feel about fakir you know he fed you bread
3: <laughs> well, <laughs> actually i did love that when he walked away she didn't just go and like turn back to girl she finished the bread
0: on the ground bread so good you know um Rue is struggling with her identity Muto's like hey do you love me And she gets all pissed off about it This is where Mrs. Goat Shows up She just like Duck gets yelled at for rolling in the hallway After her friends like throw her down the hallway And he's like if you roll down the hallway I will force you to marry me And then the goat shows up rolling down the hallway really fast And is like <laughs> ah I'm a goat The <laughs> goat wants to marry Mr. Cat Every time he threatens you, if you do something, you'll you'll marry him. She goes and does it specifically. He has to, like, I can't marry you. You're literally eating your own menu.
2: (laughs) Well, and and, and it's not just like, okay, so all all this time, we should be clear that when we say that there's anthropomorphic people here, like, they are drawn, like, he's drawn like a cat standing on his hind legs. Like, he's not a cat man. He's drawn like a cat standing on his hind legs. And this has been consistent for every one of them. Anteater was using her hind legs, right? The, the gator we see later, the um, the penguin, all of them stand like humans. Not Goat. <laughs> goat has little ballerina shoes on all four hooves <laughs> and blushes every time she looks
0: And, at and just looks like a goat, yep. yep. Yes. And um, she baths. She doesn't speak. She baths. It's great. In this episode, there's a girl who's basically stalking uh, Rue and drawing her. Duck mm-hmm. ends up dancing to get their heart shard from her. Krehi and Muto also show up at this. And then I was really
3: hoping this girl was, like, going to turn out to be way more of, like, a villain or, like, a super obsessed with (laughs) Rue.
0: Yeah, she wasn't anything. (laughs) Right?
3: Because she's got, like, all these drawings. Like, I was hoping she would have, like, this closet where there are just even more drawings just posted all over the walls. That would have been great. That would have been cool.
0: Okay. Anyway, like I said, Krehi shows up to get the heart shard this time, and Fakir shows up and basically chases her off, and then yells at Tutu like, That's the bad guy! Kill her! Because <laughs> like falls down and is sad, and Princess Tutu's like, Are you okay? And Fakir's like, What are you doing? <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're trying to fight this! So, uh he's, he attacks her, and Krehi runs away. Um... Man, a lot happened in episode 10. Um, Duck accidentally drops her amulet, and Fakir finds it, and then he goes and talks to his dad to get a special sword, because he got a wedding invite to the Krayhi Muto wedding. All that happened in like five minutes, and it took a (laughs) lot of notes, but I just crammed it together right there. (laughs) We get a lot of backstory here. This is where we find out how Fakir met Princess Muto, or Prince Muto, who hasn't aged since he found him.
1: Prince Muto has been
0: the same age ever since. Um, And and Fakir was a little boy. Fakir was always raised thinking he'd be the knight, and so he's super into that idea. And then his father, adoptive father, the blacksmith, is like, "Yeah, but you're actually scared. You're scared you're gonna die because you know that's what happens to the knight. So you don't actually want to help him. You should leave the prince alone." Um, and he goes and cries until he sees his little duck friend who he hugs. That will be important <laughs> later. Princess Tutu gets the amulet back from him, dances for the blacksmith who had regret, and then goes to the wedding. Fakir gets this, uh, his special sword from his dad, who's like, okay, I was wrong. have no regrets. <laughs> and then they go to the wedding, and they have a big battle, and they stop Fakir. But on the way back, Duck tries to hide in the bushes and doesn't realize her hair sticks up. And Fakir's like, I can see you in the bushes. And she has a pendant on her neck. And he's like, that, that's the Princess Tutu. Oh, my God. <laughs> he puts two and two together. Yeah, really fast. And Duck's like, he didn't notice. He totally didn't. And he did. Literally in the next episode, he calls her and he's like, um, are you Princess Tutu? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even deny it. <laughs> And she's like, we should work together. He's like, no, I don't. Yeah, not gonna happen. Um, <laughs> Miss Adel is. Well, by the way, by this point, we've learned Miss Adel is a marionette, uh, and she's sent to get involved in the story because the old uh Meyer doesn't think the story has everything it needs. It's missing something. Um, also, Drosselmeyer's crazy and evil at this point. Which, which turns out, love needs to be more added in. So. Miss Adol is selling love gems. Muto wants to buy it to give to Princess Tutu. Rude's like, hey, I'm your girlfriend. Can I totally borrow that before you give it to someone else and confess your love? He's like, (laughs) I see no problem with that. (laughs) Because he's an idiot. And and she curses it. And then there's this whole thing about Duck looking for Muto. She finds him and gives him an umbrella, which he doesn't even realize is a gift from someone who loves him. And then she turns into Princess Tutu to come back and get her gift. He gives her the gem. The gem traps them both. Krahi grabs Muto and runs off. Fakir tries to stop her, and he ends up being a coward. <laughs> Crows are scary. And she jumps like this. Right. <laughs> Fakir and Tutu team up to go find them. <laughs> and, and Krahi actually calls out the Drosselmeyer like, hey... I'm going to make your story really good if you help me. And he's like, all right, here's this secret location I was saving for just such an occasion. And so he creates like this hidden lake under a castle and gives it to her. And then we come into the final battle. Um, they end up running into her when she's taking the prince's sword and she runs away again. They, end, uh, they get help from Miss Adel to find the secret catacombs. They go down there. They have a bunch of, oh my god, these characters are totally going to fall in love. You can totally tell now. Uh moments They fall into a chasm because they're attacked by crows and she has to turn into a duck to get them out. And she makes him hold the thing and he and he realizes the duck he hugged was her. And she shows up and he's like, How come you didn't tell me you're the duck? And she stands up and she's like, Cause you're a big meanie. And he's like, You're still naked. And he's, she's like, Oh my god, I am <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty funny moment. I, I was like, I can yeah. see it coming a mile away. And again, the, the fact that they commit to the magical girl transformation doesn't always bring close. I'm good. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They go to the final battle. The final battle is literally crazy saying, if you want to save him, you have to tell him you love him, which will kill you. Or I'm going to tell him I love him, and then he'll be with me, and then you lose anyway. And Androsa Meyer is like, "Yeah, I love this. And Fakir is like, I'm not down with this. I'm going to fight he runs in, he battles a bunch of crows in a very cool, well-animated fight that everyone wants to see. This is he, Jason's favorite fight. He ends up losing, <laughs> falling into the water. Because it was ice, then it becomes water and the blood comes everywhere, but he crawls out. He shatters the prince's sword so that his heart can't ever be shattered again. And then he dies, basically. Yep. And and then we have the final dance battle to, of seduction need to have a dance off (laughs) princess so they're trying to win the love shard over princess tutu starts to lose because princess he is like um you know you're just a duck right you actually suck at this and then she does start to suck and then she decides no i'm gonna show him how much i love him with my dance she dances a duo dance by herself literally lands every jump like on her back but she keeps dancing and the love shard is dancing with Krehi, but the real Muto wakes up and extends his hand. And then like he falls in love with her without needing the love shard, basically, I guess. And then the yeah. love shard comes over to him anyway. And Krehi's like, okay, I just can't get him to love me. And so she dances away. And then we come to our the most horrifying conclusion I've ever heard. <laughs> They're lost in these dark catacombs trying to get out her and Muto. And they see a light and they run out and Fakir is there next to a burning fire. Someone saved him and lit a fire so he wouldn't freeze to death. And the, and, vo- and Miss Adel's voice comes out of it. And Miss Adel, you know, she was told not to get emotionally attached to these characters, but she decided to save them anyway. She was the light to bring them out. She was the light for Fakir and she set herself on fire. <laughs> and she and they're like you're dying she's like i am but would you dance for me while i burn to death and so <laughs> they do that's literally the end of this first
2: season yep. <laughs> it that, ends on a delicious tragic note
0: that was the fastest i've ever gone through an anime before <laughs> that is
3: that's awesome. because there's no substance Nope. no <laughs>
1: Oh,
0: <laughs> no, I don't agree with that there's so. I feel so bad because there's so so. we touched on so many of them already. Uh, the the burning Miss Adel though, that is like straight up Hans Christian Andersen horror, like that they had in their original fairy tales. That was, I was impressed. I'm like, okay, that was pretty dark. Pretty
1: good. Yeah,
0: yeah pretty amazing scene, really
1: it was yeah <laughs>
0: awesome <laughs> you know then the beautiful dance and then drosselmeyer of course is like but this isn't the real ending of the story this is what i wanted to happen ha 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 and then it goes into the second half which is very uh, like what jeremy had said in the pre-show that this is the payoff is in the second half <laughs> <laughs> all right let's go to final reviews jason what did
3: you think um, this is not my favorite anime, nor was it all that great to watch. Um, a lot about it was super cringy for me, um, and it really didn't start getting interesting at all until probably the end of episode 11, so, um, I didn't have a great time with it. I'm going to give it a two.
2: Jeremy, what do you think? Um, the cringe factor was real every time that she was dancing and her solution to people's problems which dance were serious problems me. dance with me I'll make you feel better um yeah that was that was really cringy but I I also agree with Troy like if if ballet's your thing then you're gonna love the dance and so yeah that's still there for me but the story <laughs> and just the way that the way that this, Works with, um, these characters deciding whether or not they want to do what they've been written to do. Um, especially because they've been kind of commandeered for the most part that they're not even from a book, but this guy who is, you know, writing a story and just saying, Hey, and I pick you and I pick you and I pick you and I'm going to include you in my story. So now you got to do what I say, you know, seeing that little battle of wills take place is, is really cool. That's, that's probably a highlight when it comes to character interactions for me and and stories. So um plus it was it was really comedic. I absolutely loved the main character. I thought she was hysterical. She had great energy, great attitude. Her personality hysterical. was great. Oh yeah. Yeah she was like in the first episode when like she's trying to get in the room and he closes the door and yep, she's managed to get in, slides down to the ground. I don't know. There were just these funny slapstick scenes with her where her klutziness and silliness is exactly the kind of thing I find really funny. Um, so I gotta give it a 4 out of 5 I really enjoyed it And I think if I watched the second half After after reading what I did about it I'd probably give the whole series a 5
0: How do you rate something like this? Where, again, like I mentioned they I think they hit every goal They made exactly what they wanted to They made something original and authentic And, and true to its vision But I'm not into ballet <laughs> and, and, and as much as I enjoyed The fairy tale surrealism This kind of felt old and take away and, antiquated, and tic, you know what I'm trying to say didn't empty. feel fresh mm-hmm. although the, it didn't feel fresh as far as anime um mm. and i i I'm gonna go three I'm gonna sit right in the middle it, it's <laughs> it's definitely deserving of like a classic anime if people are like I want to watch a classic anime and and this is their kind of thing they definitely should watch it uh, I could definitely see why someone like Jason would would be like but it's dancing why would i get this is a guy who, who didn't like it whole anime because it was about basketball uh, so i get it um so three for me all right our next anime that we will be talking about hopefully in a little better pace uh <laughs> will be vinland saga we are going to watch the whole 24 episodes of, for this first two weeks we're just going to watch episodes 1 through 12 And then we'll be discussing that and then going to the second half. This is an anime about Vikings. And I've heard it's very good, although it's not very fast. Like, it takes its time and fleshes things out. So just be prepared for that. I'm looking forward to like a historical anime.
2: It's also got a fairly high rating. I'm assuming it's for violence. So just like adult rating, yeah.
0: Yeah, with Vikings, that probably makes sense. Yep. Okay. Well, that. Well, then we have to do the other things that I say at the end of the anime. Uh, if you <laughs> would like to comment on Princess Tutu, <laughs> uh, Fairy Tales, ballet, feel free to do so on our Twitter at Baka Podcast. Send us an email, the anime baka club at gmail.com, or leave a comment wherever you found the podcast, and it'll get back to us. And do I say anything else? My notes say it. I, I rush I through so fast, I'm all <laughs> off my rhythm, guys. I, I, I thanks for listening. Yeah, let's <laughs> say goodbye. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Bye. No, Jeremy, that is not your goodbye.
2: Yes, you owe me $5. Damn <laughs> it! Yeah. Well, what did you want me to say?
0: Nara. <laughs> Jeremy, you're supposed to say, come dance with me. You always quote the stupidest quote in the anime at the you're end of the episode. Right. I bet Jason $5. You every doing-
1: time, every time you pick the most dumbest thing oh. from the anime to say and you didn't do it this time.